0: Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Faithful podcast brought to you by footballfaithful.com. I'm your host, Steve McGovern. This episode will feature the second part of our interview with Abubakar Sadiq. Now, in the first episode, he told us how to build the ideal FPL squad, basically and what to look out for, how to use stats, all that kind of thing. This episode is all about transfers and captaincy. So if you didn't catch the first one, listen to that first and then come back here and listen to this one because these are really two of the most important topics in FPL. If you can master these, you can master the game. So without further ado, here is Big Man Bacar giving us a lowdown on how to make the right transfers and how to pick the right captains.
1: Wise. Away by Ferdinand. Petrescu. It's in! Petrescu's first goal for Chelsea. Peacock. The world is it across, and here comes Petrescu for Chelsea. 12 minutes gone. Dan Petrescu gives Chelsea the lead. Oh, good boy. Petrescu from Gladys' pass. And Chelsea
0: take the lead. Now Petrescu getting into a good position, and the shot finds net.
1: Mateo, Zola, Sonny opened up again, great stop by Perez, Petrescu, goalkeeper a bit unlucky for the screen else at Chelsea. The missed kick by Deseo, Dan Petrescu, off the post.
0: Petrescu again, oh it's a lovely try, oh I say, what a fantastic goal to christen the new
1: Cheney stat. This is probably
0: the most important thing: your your week to week transfers, who you bring in, how do you improve your team? And I suppose it's it's always best to make knee jerk reactions in the middle of a game week, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is something which is uh, which is again we're very sort of debatable in FPL. It's uh, it, it's I mean knee jerk reactions are their are their absolute best early on in the season because it's funny you <laughs> know to see people jumping on on every bandwagon there is. You know, every person who's going to score in game week one be popular. You know, transfer in for for game week two, and you know, I I, I I'm a sucker for that personally because I I like uh, building uh, team value early early on. So when you you know ask me about transfers, I initially I, I like sort of making my transfers early uh, because you know the price rises are very volatile early on the season, and you can build team value this way. Well, in the second half, I, I I tend to be a bit more conservative. I tend to wait, you know, till closer, till the deadline, till all the team news comes in, uh, just to you know be be more safe. But early on, I I like being you know aggressive to to make value because I know that 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 value will you know come in handy when when I wild wildcard later on in the season.
0: Interesting. So you do like making it because I thought actually the reason why I asked it like that was because I thought you'd say no, don't make knee jerk reactions because. You know, a lot of people will make transfers right after a match is finished. And sometimes that can be, you know, that can work out. But a lot of times that's the worst possible time. And a lot of people will say, wait as long as possible before confirming transfers. Because you never know when they might get injured or something weird happens. You know, and that's always something to be wary of. But I suppose you're right. In the early half of the season, you know, I'm probably actually guilty of that too. I'll make those kind of quick reactions and you know, last season, I, you know, I I tend to do it every season. I, I build up a lot of value. I will see the benefit of it in the second half of the season. I suppose the pro- my problem last year was my first half was so bad that I probably missed out on breaking into the top one hundred thousand in terms of my overall rank ranking. In the second half, even though, like I said, I had a lot of momentum going into the the restart, used my chips really well, and had all that value to spend on my squad. But just be wary of, like you said, jumping on those bandwagons because sometimes. I think people look at the prices rising and think, oh, I've got to buy now, I've got to buy now. And uh, you really got to be wary that you're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater because you might be getting rid of a, of a good player that you already have. And uh, yeah, that's, that's happened to me more times than I... Uh, care to admit but uh, obviously a a really important piece of advice for everyone is just to be aware of the deadline especially this year it's moved forward it used to be an hour beforehand now it's 90 minutes so uh, we won't get those um, you know juicy bits of uh, early team news that we were uh, getting last season unfortunately but I mean just
1: kind of like evens the the, uh, it makes it makes the you know contest more even it it, you know it, it sort of accounts for a more level playing field
0: and to be honest, Lukar, like I prefer it because there were a couple of weeks where I was, uh, it was there was a four-way race in one of my mini leagues, and you know I was so desperate to get an edge that I was waiting for this news and and stuff and making transfers based on that. So you know, trying to make a transfer with ten minutes to go, and to be honest with you, I'm kind of glad now that. Yeah, that's not going to happen this season because it, it, it can, can be very be stressful. It can be very stressful. Yeah. I, I I agree. Just in terms of uh, you know historically, what is the uh, worst transfer you've ever made? What was a transfer that that you made and it just completely blew up in your face?
1: Uh, this this happened like a couple of years ago. I mean. Um, it was uh, um, a Man City were supposed to play QPR, a- and news came in before the deadline that you know Aguero was was he had sort of a rift with Guardiola, and he's he's sort of not named in the squad. He Jesus is going to start. Uh, and it was actually reported by, my, my, the, you know, Jamie Jackson from uh, Ma- Manchester Evening News. And I, I thought he was a very, you know, reputed journalist for working for, you know, a reputed source at, at the time. You know, I, I jumped uh, and I sort of removed Aguero from my team, even though he was, I, I think it was QPR, if I'm not mistaken. Or it was hardest feel actually. I'm sorry. It was hardest feel I remember. Yeah. So I, I took him out for Arnautovic. Arnautovic was playing Burnley. Arnautovic actually scored and he, you know, got me nine points. And I was, you know, very happy with, with the outcome on on Saturday night. I remember when Arnautovic had got me nine points. Turns out that, you know, a lot of people had captained Aguero on Sunday and Aguero goes on and scores a hat-trick and, you know, he gets like 20 plus points. So that oh. blew up in my face. That blew up in my face and I I don't think I'll be able to, you know, forgive myself for the rest of my life for doing that. (laughs) I,
0: I remember one particularly. I don't know why this one sticks out in my mind, but there was a double game week a few years back and I think it was Arsenal and Sunderland both had double games and I just was trying to get as many, you know, players from those teams as possible into my team. So, I remember looking at Sunderland and I think I got Virginie and um, what was his first name again?
1: <laughs> I think Santiago Santiago name, Santiago
0: it? Virginie yeah, yeah. I got, and, he, and I was like yeah he's, he's you know playing at the you know, he's a centre back he's been playing most of the season and what I hadn't realised again <laughs> going back to our point about doing your research and your due diligence I hadn't realised that he'd actually been dropped for like the previous game or two and uh, he wasn't playing. So that was just a complete waste. Um, I can't remember if I took a hit or not, but that was just unbelievably wasteful. And uh, people (laughs) might remember him back in the day for his goal against Southampton. Not...
1: Yeah, yeah, the famous. Not on, for Sunderland,
0: on yes, exactly. You, you, yeah, yeah, you remember yeah. it. The, the volley, which is just an unbelievable goal. Like, what a finish. The best goal he will ever <laughs> score. But he put it into his own net.
1: Schneider trying to get forward, chips it over the edge of the box. And then a ridiculous own goal. Santiago Vergini has just smashed it into his own net. From 12 yards out. David Berrington and me are looking at each other, thinking, did that really happen? The big Argentine has just hit the half volley as sweetly as any striker would be happy with, and given Saints the lead.
0: So, yeah, uh, never transfer in Santiago, Virginia is the uh, moral of the story <laughs> here. So, then you mentioned uh, prices actually, because now people can, if people can look up on fplstatistics.com or FantasyFootballFix.com, they kind of keep track of all the transfers and they can kind of predict to a pretty good degree who's going to change in price. So, a lot of people are now so aware of it. And, and in the early weeks, like last year, it was terrible. Last year, it felt like there were so many knee-jerk reactions that you had to make transfers early on. Otherwise, you're going to lose value. And it's important early on because if you lose 0.1 in the first week, you're basically losing 0.5. Because yeah absolutely. Be, I mean if, you won't be able to replace that player with a like for like you have to go cheaper then and, absolutely. I mean, for example,
1: if you didn't own uh, Pookie by you know game week three, you would have have to you know pay almost an extra million for him, um, you know yeah. then you would have in, in game week one. i mean it was it was the price were almost that volatile early on.
0: yeah, so and and we've you know you've already given your opinion on that you you like going for a high value squad. do you think it's worth going out of your way? To get a high-value squad, you know, would you make moves purely on the basis of price changes? Because no, 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 that, w- that's something I would so.
1: never recommend. No, no, that's something I would never recommend. As 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 long as you know you you like a player. You know that the eye test, you know, is in his favor. The stats are in his favor. You know the fixtures are in his favor. You know that, you know, he's someone who uh, you want long-term. As as long as you know that, you know, this guy, you need him for your team long-term. I don't mind jumping early or even, you know, taking hits for that matter.
0: Okay, because that was going to be my next question about taking hits. Because I have seen other people who, you know, again, you know, these are people who, who do quite well, you know, year after year who say don't overindulge in making multiple transfers per week. Now, I've also seen the opposite. I've seen guys who said their literal plan is to make two to three transfers a week for the first half of the season, every week, and then reap the rewards in the end because then you can have this Avengers like a uh, super team for uh, the second half of the season. So, but you don't mind taking hits. I mean, look, everyone loves taking a hit because, you know, you get those extra players in. It ge- gives you that little endorphin rush. So, would you take many hits over the course of a season?
1: You know, this is something I've been guilty of in the past of, you know, not sort of taking sensible hits. This is a very sort of a tricky part of fpl figuring out you know which moves are uh, worth the hit and, and which aren't but the way i sort of you know even when i use my free transfers the way i i look at my free transfers now is you know if i have for example a couple of free transfers the way i look at it is you know will i be making these transfers if i were making them for a hit because what matters for me is, especially early on in the season, now that we're talking about that, it's, it's important that players you want, they have the fixtures, you want them, you know, they have the form, you want them for the long term. As long as you want them for the long term, I, I don't mind taking hits. But purely for price size, I would never recommend, you know, taking hits. That's something which is not advisable, or, or people, mm. or you know, there are some players who are like who perform, you know, in one-off fixtures, and and then they basically never do anything for the rest of their lives, and it doesn't make sense to you know take um, uh, the hits for players who who are basically you know someone who scores a worldy one week doesn't do anything for the rest of the season. I mean, a lot of people do that, but uh, I yeah. I personally don't you know uh, like the idea unless you know you want him long term or the stats back it up.
0: Yeah, and that was a point I was going to make as well. Like, if if you're going to make a hit, make sure. It's not just, oh, they're playing, you know, the worst team in the league this week. He's going to get a return. And you're not looking beyond that. Like, if you're going to take a hit, at least make it for a player who you're going to have for the next few weeks at the very least. Absolutely. Um,
1: next three, four weeks at a minimum.
0: Yes. Yeah. But also, I think it's also worth saying, like, sometimes the transfer isn't there. Sometimes you don't have to make a transfer. And even though we all like it, we all want to make our teams better. And we're all desperate to like make it happen and and make the points appear. And sometimes we're too desperate to kind of force it to happen. And sometimes the transfer isn't there and and your team might be just fine for the week. And it's a thing I like doing sometimes, which is saving transfers. The year I finished 7,000 overall, my best ever finish. I did that a lot. I know. And that's easier to say when you're doing well, because your team is already great. But having a transfer saved, I feel, kind of takes um, some of the pressure off. So I feel like I can make a transfer and I've still got another one left over. So if I feel like close to the deadline, I need to make improvements, I can. If not, hey, I've got two free transfers again uh, next week. So that's something to keep in mind. Sometimes the transfer isn't always there. Don't force it. Yeah. And another, another piece of advice that I find, I don't find people saying this enough, but something that has really worked for me in the past is, always transfer out your worst player and I feel like that just it strengthens your team and ensures you maximize the available points or your potential points because there's no point I mean unless there's injury or suspension I find sideways moves kind of pointless because the potential is there for you to not really make any gains but if you get rid of your worst player there's really nothing to lose I,
1: I that's what what I find anyway you know, Steve, the, 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 this is like, saving a transfer is like one of the most, sort of one of the most painstaking things in FPL. It's very, very hard to save a transfer because there will always be something which will tempt you. And, you know, there was there will always be a transfer that you, you'll think in your mind, oh, this might be worth it, that might be worth it. But trust me, I mean, as someone who's sort of had experience of playing this game, this is, uh, it, this is like, when you look at your team immediately post the deadline and you go on the transfers page and you see two free transfers over there, that's the best thing you'll get. Uh, even before the game week has kicked off. It's, I mean, two transfer, having two free transfers is, it can be usually rewarding because, you know, it sort of gives you an edge over other people who, who haven't saved the transfers. And it sort of, you know, even you can, you know, shake things up with three transfers, take a hit. It's sort of like a mini wild card. So I would highly recommend, yeah. uh, you know, saving a transfer when possible.
0: Oh, those mini wildcards are the best when you just when you get to make three transfers and you only took a four point hit. Those are the best. Yep. But I do feel like I get a, a little psychological edge when I look at somebody in my mini league and they've taken like a four point or an eight point hit. And I'm like, oh, I've got you this week. I've got you, man. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't always work out that way, but uh, it's, it just sometimes it feels it makes me feel like a little bit better. It's like, yes, I've already gained on you today. No. So uh, our last kind of big topic. Uh, for a discussion is captaincy and I feel like this is something you could help me out with big man because last season captaincy killed me it absolutely ruined my season like I said one of the contributing factors to why I, I didn't finish as highly as I would have liked even when you know there were times where I had a good squad and just I'd have a blank for a captaincy and what what is your what's your advice for for making sure you get the the right pick
1: I mean, captaincy, you know, before I start, I mean, it's important to mention that, in my opinion, captaincy is like the single most important thing in FPL. It's 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 the one thing, if you get right, even if you're, you know, the, the 10 of your other squad members, they have a rough week. I mean, captaincy is, is the one thing which can save you alone. It, it It is basically the difference between a good and a bad week. I mean, for starters, initially, I, I like, uh, you know, for the first four and five weeks, I like going safe with my captaincy. So I like, you know, picking the, the players who are popular because I don't want to f- sort of fall too far behind the masses. So, so, for example, there's Salah and Aubameyang, and I know that they're probably going to be the most captain in, you know, in the first couple of game weeks. So, it's important for me to own them. When you sort of speak about captaincy in general, it's it's very hard because it's something that, uh, that, that depends on a lot of factors. I mean, you need to look at, for captaincy, obviously, the, the numbers, the underlying data, like, you know, shots in the box, form, etc. That's important. But home, away, that's that's important, but but what often that you know the clinching point can be, for example, you know low uh, owned players such as you know differentials who who are proven with proven pedigree. For example, someone like a Sterling. If you have him in in game week three, he is a you know he's a huge differential, but not a lot of field managers will have him. So when when that opportunity presents itself, I mean that can be a huge game changer and has huge upside. So I like going for you know those kind of captains who have the the pedigree, the the reputation, and when they have low ownership, you know after a reasonable time, three four weeks, that's that's something you know that's that can be a game changer.
0: Yeah, I I find that it it probably helps to not try and be too clever with your captain's picks because I I yeah. think people get it in their mind, it's like oh if this player who's only owned by 5% of people, if he comes up with a big haul, then I'll show everyone. But, I mean, aside from like, you know, last season, there was obviously Mikael Antonio who got a huge haul after scoring four goals against Norwich City. Um, You know, there's one person I know who captained him for that week, and I suppose you know, you are coming into the last few weeks, so you don't really have anything to lose. That's probably the best time to do it, but otherwise, I mean, generally speaking, you kind of want to go for the player who you think is going to get the most points, and that's what it comes down to at the end of the day who's going to get the most points on my team, and absolutely, that's the player to go for nine times out of ten.
1: Absolutely, I mean, it's something when you you know speak of it this way it, it it sounds very simple when but when you're sweating it out in the last half an hour before the deadline tearing your hair out it, it's some it's a completely different experience
0: <laughs> oh totally and i mean how, how do you end up coming or what, what helps you come to that uh, conclusion in the end do you look at i mean how, how would you rank it in terms of do you look at form fixtures what what's most important?
1: I, I look at I, I look at uh, I look at the underlying data, the stats, and I also look at odds when it comes to you know captaincy. Uh, the odds can okay. you know they can because often when you sort of own a player, you can get biased towards you know liking or not liking him. So it's it's important to see to have a rough idea of what you know the general probability of the player doing well is. So that is something else I look at, and then you know if I also look at ownership in in general, and I, I usually tend to go uh, with the player. I mean, if it's a fifty fifty I tend to go with the player with the lesser ownership because I think the margins could be greater. Uh, this is something I, I do later on in the season, not initially to begin with initially, as I said, I, I like going with the safe picks, but i mean yeah this is this is how I look at captain C because it I, I think it's it's very important in FPL
0: absolutely uh, I think it's probably i mean, I don't know if you agree, but I think it's probably the most important thing. Like you said, it yeah, can it absolutely. can turn. Yo, know, you could have a squad full of losers, and if you get a captain who scores two goals, that changes the entire thing. Absolutely, all of absolutely. a sudden, all your red arrows look like green, and or or at least yo, know, you don't you don't lose ground. Like it's it's uh, massive, really.
1: Absolutely. I mean this is why it is like it is extremely you know, important for for people who are sort of new to the game or, or who, who are sort of keen to you know learn more about it. It's very important to have a clear mind uh, right before the deadline, because that's when you know the, the panic and the nerves set in. So you need to you know, have a clarity of thought, you need to you know not sort of let the pressure you know, affect you and you need to sort of um, hold your nerve. So that's when it's extremely important to, you know, think with a clearer mind regarding the captaincy.
0: Absolutely. And like you said, uh, statistics, analytics, these are things that are, that can all help. And I mean, look, some people, you know, they don't want anything to do with them. They don't like it or they don't trust them. And look, that's fair enough. I think people, if you can, if you can play this game and enjoy it and do well without it, then absolutely go for it. But I just know from my personal experience, you know, I used to be a very average player and, you know, I ended up getting better year on year. And one of the things that happened was I got an interest in advanced analytics. It helped me see who's doing well and I'm not seeing it and who's performing well but not returning just yet. You know, one year I remember, you know, it was my best, probably actually my best transfer ever was Marcos Alonso before he really blew up because I was looking at Chelsea. And I saw that their XG against was really low, like incredibly low after the first like six weeks or something like six or seven weeks. And Marcus Alonso was basically playing as a, a winger. So, yeah. and he was down as a defender. And I thought, I think he could be a good one. i get clean sheets and he seems to be going forward a lot and the numbers back it up. So there's a lot of, like, again, it's not just, you know, the numbers there that you're looking at. Take in all of those things. Take in what you're seeing. Take in, you know, what the numbers are telling you and take in the context as well of the team, their form and the tactics because all those things will help you. Now, you can't do that necessarily for every single team or every single player, but sometimes it can help you just make a couple of better transfers or moves over the course of a season. I think think it makes a huge difference. And look, if you don't trust the numbers, then don't, don't trust them. No, no, sometimes it's good to go with your gut as well.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I won't suggest, you know, I mean, this is something that's very important. I mean, I wouldn't, I would never suggest, you know, going against the gut or against the gut feeling because the, when something comes off with uh, which mm-hmm. is sort of in line with your gut feeling, there's no better feeling in FPL.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. When you get the call right, it's just, ah, it's perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely.
1: Did, and yeah. another thing, I you know I forgot to mention the captaincy. It's 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 very important to you know think about the captain before the deadline, and you know not to keep changing the captain later on. Or, you know right before the deadline. I know so many people have had like traumatic experiences changing their captain, vice captain, right before the deadline to go, you know, only to see it you know end up in tears.
0: Big man, big man. Look, the last day of the season, I had Kevin De Bruyne captained all week. Oh, my dude. <laughs> right. I had Kevin De Bruyne captained all week. Yeah, you know what's coming. And yeah. I was waiting for that team news. And of course, as you'll, as you'll uh, remember, that day was chaos because uh, yeah. you know, a lot of Twitter accounts got, uh, got banned that day. And yep. it came through that David Silva would be starting. So I bought David Silva and I captained him for whatever reason. And obviously he did nothing. Kevin De Bruyne ended up having an amazing game. And, uh, if I had captained Kevin De Bruyne... And started David De Gea. I started Emiliano Martinez instead for some reason. I would have won my mini league. And oh. uh, yeah, so that really hurt. That really, exactly. Stunned. I mean,
1: these are the 50 50s that can go horribly wrong. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, like, and, I, I think sometimes you just, just make the simple choice, you know what I mean? And, and yeah, uh, I mean, th- there, there are it.
1: times when you just can't, you know, help but laugh.
0: <laughs> oh, I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Bakar, that was brilliant having you on. Honestly, we'd love to have you back on again. We didn't even talk about the chips that players can use and chip strategies. So maybe next time uh, we'll get you on sure. to talk about that.
1: Sure, Thank you. Thank you for having me, Steve. It, uh, it was a pleasure being on. Great having you on. Thank you very much.
0: So that's a wrap on our short little mini series to uh, help basically all you out there get better at FPL, that the kind of general advice to get those little marginal gains and hopefully climb up the rankings this year. If you enjoyed Abu Bakar's advice, then follow him on Twitter. He's at Big Man Bakar. You can follow us on Twitter as well. We're at FPL Faithful, and you can follow our main account at footy faithful underscore as well we'll be back every week of the season to kind of go over the recent games preview the week ahead we will be doing a season preview next week so make sure you're subscribed on apple spotify google wherever else you get your podcasts thanks for listening and see you next time